it started to say open up or unravel the matrix of this reality for me. So those 20 years and it and it well it gets really confusing because you know we think this reality is really solid and, and you know we're convinced that this it's solid and we're convinced that if we do action X Y is going to take place but for the most part it really doesn't right you might get the results but the end result the real end results of say who you are the completeness of who you are again fails Welcome to Masajati's podcast, Exponential Intelligence, where you can transform simply by listening. Experience the power of frequencies and the next step in consciousness evolution. Hi, this is Masajati, and welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. Today, uh, I'll be sharing with you uh, my second near-death experiences, the science behind NDEs, and then uh, my abilities that I honed after my second near-death experience. And we'll just jump right in. If you haven't uh, heard the first NDE experience, I uh, highly encourage you to do that before you listen to the second NDE. It gives you a point of reference. Um, so so the, the second NDE experience for me was what well, was really interesting because, you know, the, the first, well, the first NDE really allowed me to understand, say, the concept of time and how time is involved in everything. Okay. Uh, and again, just a little preframe uh, before we go into the second uh, NDE. So the, the first NDE happened to me in my early 20s, about 22, 23, around that time, uh, where I was really searching for life, really wanting to understand, you know, that one equation that solves for life, uh, having a joyous or limitless self uh, of being. So that first NDE answered those questions for me. And through the span of time between the first and the second near-death experience, the second near-death experience happened to me in my early to mid-40s, again, about 20 years worth of time. And throughout that time, you know, I started to see life very, very differently. And what's most important in an NDE is what happened prior to your NDE. So through, through those 20 years, uh, my abilities came about. You know, I could sense people. I could sense their future vision or have future visions of a person. You know, like, for example, uh, I would see a stranger and go, oh, a person's, you know, going to get hit by a car or, you know, something will happen. And then a few minutes later or a day later, you know, with my friends and so on, like, you know, a friend calls me up. It's like, wow, they're going to, their mother's going to get ill. You know, and then like a week later, it's like, hey, Moss, uh, I don't know what happened, but my mother is ill. You know, so so it started to say open up or unravel the matrix of this reality for me. So those 20 years and it and it well, it gets really confusing because, you know, we think this reality is really solid. And, and you know, we're convinced that this it's solid and we're convinced that if we do action X, Y is going to take place. But for the most part, it really doesn't, right? You might get the results, but the end result, the real end results of say who you are, the completeness of who you are, uh, again, fails. So, and that's what was happening to me. Uh, you know, relationships failing because relationships, the way we see it is at our limited self or the, the, um, the version of relationships that most people live is at the limited self. The version that most people uh, accumulate money 
or create success or create knowledge or you know uh, intelligence or have a fantastic experience even like sex is the limited version of who we are and it really bothered me you know those 20 years it's like shit it's like you know i should be having a fantastic time uh, i've got everything that i need you know, I, I, you know, I was blessed in a family. It, was, it wasn't abusive or anything like that. Uh, you know, a great father, great mother. Um, you know, we all have problems. But again, overall, great father, great mother, great family, uh, great upbringing, great socioeconomic status and all that. But I was starting to see that that was just like the packaging. You know, and you tear off the package and then you look inside and it's like, ah, oh, crap, you know, what's going on here? Why am I not happy? And, and this is where a lot of people who have NDE experiences go into that, say, spiral downward. And uh, there's a lot of, say, crisis centers for people who've had NDE, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, therapy sessions for people who've had NDE. And I was going down that path. And nobody really understands why, and I can explain it briefly for you before I get to my second near-death awakening, is that when you see your potential at such a high level, again, that limitless self that you are, and then you, it's, you drop back down into your limited self, it's a rude awakening. Because it's like you're like this, uh, again, this genie, this fantastic being that just wants to explode and enjoy life and have the vibrancy of life here. But then, you know, we go to work or we're stuck in a relationship that doesn't do us well. Or, you know, we, we exchange uh, ourselves or slave ourselves, enslave ourselves for success and money and all that stuff that we do here. And we get smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, people who've had NDEs, well, they just see that poison more readily than people who haven't. Simple as that. It's just a longer process of death. Uh, the NDEers uh, have a, like a short process of, shit, I'm dying here. Uh, so all aspects of humanity are dying in the format that it operates today or in the reality or how this reality hey. Uh, exists today. So fast forward, uh, as I get closer and closer to, uh, you know, my mid-40s, well, a lot of things had unraveled then. Uh, nothing really made sense. You know, having kids didn't make sense. Having, uh, you know, a job or having intelligence or, you know, having this body didn't make sense. And I was really searching again for a deeper explanation of like, well, why we're here? Why things happen the way that they do, why good people suffer, why bad people suffer, why good people have great times, and then why bad people have, you know, great times and all that. It just didn't make sense, you know, one and one uh, in human equation doesn't equal two. And, it, and it's really, really, well, well, confusing to somebody that's just, you know, logic-based. So as we head in and and the experience was quite amazing because it was orchestrated. Now that I look back in it, it was such a perfect orchestration of timing that was, well, it was unbelievable how everything had to be in precise, say, momentum, precise synchronicity 
to ha have things happen the way they did. Uh, and again, during the time, it looked like chaos because my life was falling apart, you know. Uh, the things leading to the event of my near-death experience, um, you know, all that thing was falling apart. But looking back, it's like, wow, that was perfectly orchestrated. So, so jumping into the near-death experience, uh, we were on a cruise. And you know how you go on a cruise, you go on an excursion. This, we were in Belize and we were going on this excursion of, of, of inner tubing you know, inner tubing on the river. And unfortunately, that inner tubing trip was sold out. But it seemed like we had to go there, or I had to go there, or I had to experience that trip. So we were walking down the planks, you know, to get out, get off, out of the ship. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? You know, we've got, you know, four kids, uh, you know, the wife at the time. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Just walk around and shop? It's like, no. And this guy came up and it's like, hey, do you guys want to go on the inner tubing trip at half the price? So it's like, wow, you know, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. You know, I'm a, I'm a bargain hunter. So it's like, hey, let's do it. And we did. You know, we jumped in his car. You know, we went on the same inner tubing trip. Um, and, and well, and that's where things started to get, say, a little funky again, going back. Um, you know, they ran out of life jackets. So when we're, they were preparing for us, they ran out of life jackets for us. And I go, well, and I, you know, I said, hey, uh, I volunteered. I go, well, you know, I'm a strong swimmer. I was a swimmer in high school. Uh, you know, I can, you know, I can handle it. So I went out with, without a life jacket, you know. Um, the inner tubes, they didn't have, say, the proper inner tube for my size. So get that. So again, at the time, it's like, well, it is what it is, you know, let's just, let's just do it. Um, and so you know, we went down towards the edge of the river. And as we went, say, towards the edge of the river, and as we were getting, you know, getting ready to, you know, you know put our the inner tubes into the river, you know, nature changed, you know. Uh, you know, as we were w walking through the jungle, you know, you could hear the birds, you could hear the animals, the wind and everything, you know, there's that, there's that, well, rustle of nature, so to speak, right? The, the the sounds of nature. But as we stepped in, there was this like dead silence. And, and it's not just like no silence. It is like a scent of death. You could literally experience that something was happening or something was going to happen. Uh, my kids even felt it. Uh, I felt it. Uh, and I'm going, what the hell's going on? You know, I, I didn't equate it to death, but looking back, that's what it was. It's like, wow. It was just like this movie is like, what the hell is going on? You know, like something's going to happen. We just don't know. Uh, so to me, uh, being a bit intuitive, you know, I checked and double checked. I double tied my kids uh, life jackets just to be sure for some reason. You know, and I and my wife was going, why are you just double checking? I was like, I don't know. Uh, I just am. So we step into the inner tubes, you know, they're secure and, you know, there was two groups because we were too big. So my wife and two of the kids went one way, uh, uh, two of the kids went with me, you know, and, and we're all in, intertangled. And the one thing that I remember uh, the guide saying is like, interlock your feet because if you, if you tend, if you don't, you know, if you happen to separate, you'll get pulled into, say, another tributary of the river. And it's like, okay. So as soon as we, you know, stepped into 
the rapids of the river because it was really fast. It was high tide, uh, high water, and it was pretty fast. We shouldn't have gone there actually, uh, and it, we just got taken away. Uh, and literally, my my wife at the time went one way. Um, the two boys and, and me went the other way, just within seconds. And as we did, it's like, wow, this is really fun. It was really adventurous. You know, it was a little uh, rocky. You know, it was like whitewater rafting. I go, whoa, this is really going to be exciting. But then there was this huge rock that was jutting out of the out of the river, uh, and you know, we tried to push away. The guide had gone the other way, by the way. There was no guide with us, and so we're just trying to swim that way because because we're seeing this hole. In, in the middle of the river, jutting out of this rock, kind of like a man-sized hole. And, and, you know, it's just like, okay, instinct is like, we want to push away because we don't want to go down this hole. So we're, you know, paddling and paddling, but nope, I got sucked into it. The, the inner tube got caught. I got sucked out of the inner tube. I got pulled down into the bowels of the, you know, of the river. And just in time before, just before that happened, you know, I pushed my kids outside, you know, around uh, around the rock. So they were safe. Uh, I just had the safe feeling. But for me, uh, again, I got sucked out. I had no life jacket, so I wasn't floating. I just got pulled in. And I started to realize, and it looked very familiar to me. I'm going, wow, I've been here before, you know? And I could feel this, 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 um, this, this resonation in my body. And I thought it was water at the time, but it literally is where your body starts to, say, disconnect from your conscious self, your physical self. Your identity of who you are starts to, well, you start to shake. Uh, and again, I thought it was, uh, you know, the, the temperature, the water, but it really wasn't. And I looked around and uh, I was floating deeper and deeper and I go, well, hell, if I'm going to get out of here, I'm going to push against, you know, the wall. And it was a lava tube that you know, back in the day, now that it was filled with water, it, you know, it was a river. So I was going deeper and deeper into the earth and I'm going, shit, I'm never getting out of here. So I'm going to push against the rock, you know? So, so I was just crawling up, but how long can you hold your breath? You know, I don't know how long I was there, but it seemed like a hell of a long time. And, you know, with all the excitement, it's like, damn, I got to do something, you know, as you keep floating, as you get deeper and deeper. And it's like, so I pushed against the rock and I just pulled my way through. Uh, and I could feel, you know, my flesh tearing from my back, my fingernails, you know, I could, uh, you know, I couldn't see anything, but I could just feel, you know, peel away. And I'm going, wow. But, you know, you don't feel the pain or anything like that because you're in another state of consciousness of trying to save yourself. And then at the time, and I could just see the glimmer of light because it's all black. I mean, just all black. There's no light down there. But there's just a tiny little spot where I had, you know, got sucked in. And I look at it. It's like, that's the last thing I'm going to see. And, you know, what I saw is like, it's like, okay. And you come to terms with that. And then you go, well, you know, you know, you love your wife. You love your kids. You love your family. Uh, but I never thought I'd go, shit, I had so much to do. You know, that's where life really becomes precious. You know, no matter how much you hate your life, you know, when you get to that point, it's like, no, wait, 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 wait. You know, it's like, you know, no, let me have a second chance. No, you know, I didn't see it this way. No, look, you know, all these realizations of possibilities that I could have had, you know, again, it was a fantastic life, but, um, you know, there was something missing. There was something wrong. And, you know, all the possibilities 
that you could have done at that point of awareness just like explodes and it's like it's like if only i had say one chance but at that moment it's like there's no chance right you're it's too late it's too gone uh and you come to terms with that really quick especially as your oxygen is running out you know uh and well you just let go you know you bless everybody you know you give them your your love and you, i just let go and as i did uh, again, it was very familiar. My body just disappeared. I could see it, you know, I could experience it. I couldn't quite see it, but I could just literally see it, you know, float down uh, deeper into the tunnel. And I just stayed there without having to hold on. I'm going, wow, that's really amazing. Uh, again, my near-death experiences, I was awakened for it. I was or conscious, um, timelessly conscious. Um, so without a physical form, I was still conscious which is very hard to do, by the way. Um, and that's why a lot of NDEs, they're not as, say, vibrant. Um, they have an experience, but they don't observe themselves observing themselves. Uh, if you've ever heard me say, notice what you notice and then notice the details of what you notice, that's where it originally comes from. It's like, how did I notice myself noticing what was around me, right? I wasn't in the movie, I was I was observing the movie that I was in. That's where you want to be. It's an amazing point of view, by the way. Um, but I just floated there. And then I started ascending. And that's where it got really cool because I, I was aware that I was floating through the rock, you know, and into the river. And then I vaporized into, well, the tunnel of light. But in this scenario, I just... I just surged through the tunnel of light and, you know, and I could feel the steps and it was very quick. It was like a crash course through awakening. And, and at that level, I popped out. And from my understanding now is that when you graduate, say the tunnel of light, there's like, again, 13 different layers that you go through and you pop out the other end. And at the other end, what's supposed to happen is that you're an awakened or recalibrated spirit, moved away from time and space. So you come to a great understanding of who you are, right? You're not supposed to come back, by the way. Nobody from my understanding as well, or my, um, very few have come back from that level to tell about it. Uh, again, very few. Most NDEs, they meet their you know, loved ones who've crossed over or a life review, but that's about it. And then they go back down. Uh, but again, I graduated, I call it a graduation of your complete self. So what that means is that at that level, you are completely aware of who you are as a spirit. Okay? You still have physical form. Your identity is still of human form or human consciousness, or again, of a shape uh, of being human. At that level, well, you can transcend into any time frame. Say you wanted to go to France, and I did at that time. I wanted to go to France. And, well, I was France. I don't know how to describe it, but it's the essence of being in France, right? Uh, you could do anything that you needed to or wanted to. You could, you could experience anything that you could. You didn't need anybody, you know, because most here is, is about, well, you know, loving somebody or being with somebody or latching on to somebody or something. Uh, it wasn't like that. I didn't need anybody because I was complete. I still had the love, you know, of my kids, 
uh, without them. I still had the love of, you know, parents and whoever without them because you were them. They were you. You were all one. Again, it's all, say, a spatial experience of understanding, say, separations of beings, but then knowing that you are one at the same time. So it's a sense of separation, but then a sense of grandness of being complete. Right? So as we, um, as we go deeper, I started to realize that, well, the, the emotions that I was feeling, you know, the, say the sadness, I was feeling for for not seeing my kids anymore. It's like there was a sadness, but there was this beauty and vibrancy of the sadness. And I'm going, wow, this is really beautiful. You know, this is real sadness. Uh, I experienced, you know, joy. You know, and it wasn't joy because I'm doing something, but it was joy of being something. You know, being of value, being of like full potential and just knowing who you are. Is that, and that joy can never be taken away, by the way. Which led me into success because I was really into money, you know, because as a young, you know, as a young individual or somebody in their 40s, still young, uh, you know, you're about success, right? Uh, success and money came about very differently. Uh, I didn't see success uh, or money as an external you know, pot of wealth. Uh, I saw it as an internal pot of wealth that was never ending, right? You could create more and more and more. Uh, so the understanding of money or what real success was about, it was amazing because it's very different. Any of those things were very different. Uh, love, you know, again, most people crave love. And in this scenario, again, in this reality, it's limited love. It's It's conditional love and all those other labels that we put about love. But in that, in where I was, the the amount of love that you can feel will sh would short circuit you physically here. You would literally explode. Uh, if you've ever had, it's like, say, like a euphoric experience or maybe an orgasm or whatever, you know how you just feel like, well, imagine that, okay? And then multiply it by maybe a few million times uh, that's the amount, again, your body just doesn't have the capacity for you to understand that level of pure love. And it, it's not an outside source that someone is giving you. you. You are that source and you're part of that source. So it's inside and outside. And, and again, it's the most euphoric experience. And, and the beautiful thing about these near-death experiences whether I share them, you know, whether I shared them, say, a minute after the experience or even now, uh, you know, say 20 years later or first near death, you know, I, I don't know, like, say, 40 years later, uh, they feel like timeless because, well, they were timeless. They were experienced in a timeless state. Um, and that's one of the keys, by the way. So as I understood myself and I was, and again, I was underneath uh, maybe uh, according to my wife at the time, maybe eight minutes long or maybe even longer. Uh, I don't know. But again, it wasn't just a few minutes, right? Uh, it was way past how long a human can survive without oxygen. But that didn't matter to me at all. Uh, it was a whole brand new world to me, right? Uh, and at that level, again, of grandness and completeness of possibilities, your full potential a whole different understanding of why we're here comes about. And I learned really fast. 
all the possibilities of who you could be or all the possibilities that could be uh, was available. But then something happened even deeper than that, something more profound. And that was, I started to lose identity of who I was as a human being, which was crazier than ever because again, your consciousness dictates that you have a shape. Well, I was losing my shape. I was expanding into a universe. And at first, it was a death. So I, it was a near death, physical death, and then another death on top of that. So imagine that, and this was more profound. Uh, it, it wasn't sad or anything, but like an expansion, but still a death of an old identity that was very limiting. So imagine that your first death that you have, when you have a death is like, you're moving away from your limited version of who you are, your time-bound self, right? And then you move into your timeless self. Again, some of you might call it your spirit, I call you your, you know, your pure presence. But that's even limiting at the level that I was at. And this is the key, and this is the difference between, say, the near-death experience that many people have and the near-death experience that I had. I had another death experience where even the limitless self that we could never experience in physical form, that died off into even a bigger potential of who we are. Which was crazy because at that time frame, it's like, this is it. This is, this is, this is all you could be. This is like, you wouldn't even imagine of there could be anything even more expansive. But there was, because there was no identity of self. It, you were a complete being, all the knowledge at that level. And it was, it was a beautiful blue space. So imagine, you know, you're deep in, you know, stellar space and everything's just brilliant. Well, and everything just illuminates and it's, well, there's a billions of stars and you're not looking at that you are that universe. You are literally a universe. You feel like a universe. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but you're not observing. You are both the observer, I think in my case, because I was still conscious, which was still amazing to me. It's like, okay, how was I aware of that? Uh, and then both, so you're both the observed and the observer at the same time. Okay. Uh, and when you get into that moment, all that ever was, or all the knowledge that ever was, even like the creation of the universe and beyond. So it goes beyond time, like no time. There is no time at that level. At a spirit level, there's still, say, a concept of time and space. At that level, it's just like a black void. But it's not black, it's just there's no color, there's nothing, but there's everything in it. I don't know how to describe it. But again, all possibilities, all knowledge that ever was, is, and shall be, is available. At that level, again, the amount or the gravity of our potential, you can't even fathom, say, that, that, that potential. It's beyond huge. Right? But I managed to somehow you know, step back into my spiritual or pure presence, again, having form, and then jumping back into my body where 
again, a divine experience or a divine intervention because I found myself coming into my body uh, on a quieter side of the river, still looking at the inner tube that was getting pulled into the hole. Okay. Uh, and I was like maybe 50 yards, 50 feet, 50 yards uh, above river where, uh, again, people who drown in those you know, rivers, they, they never get found, but I was above a river and I'm going, how the heaven did that happen? You know, but I knew at a deep level that obviously something fantastic had happened because I was looking at my hand, still bloody. Um, you know, I could feel the pain in my back, and I'm going, "Wow, this is the most beautiful experience that I've ever had." You know, and you didn't really care about that. Afterwards, that's where my abilities started coming. So, so, and it was a whole story trying to get back on the ship because we were late on the we were late for the ship. Because uh, everybody was searching for me, you know, we were late for the ship, so we missed the ship. We had to get a, you know, a, a, a tender to get us to the ship, so we can climb on board. But that's a whole story in itself. But through the process, as we stepped into, you know, the ship, and then went, you know, um, you know, reunited with the family and all that, you know, crying and all that, uh, I could observe things. And at first I thought it was, you know, the water or the bacteria in the water. Because as we went out to dinner, well, that's where everything happened very differently. There was another matrix that I was seeing. So I wasn't seeing colors or auras or anything like that. Because those are physical energy systems. I was actually starting to see your spirit. So, so people's spirits. And I could tap into that spirit. And I could just literally uh, see your whole storyline. Uh, so it's not intuition or guidance or channeling or anything like that. But that was the beginning of my abilities where I could just tap into you and just like read your blueprint. Just literally like that. Uh, over the years, through the meditations that I was drawn into, is, well, uh, it took me about, say, three, four years of the dark times. Uh, and everybody goes through it, by the way, as they ascend. You know, a, a Jesus would, a Buddha would, you know, a Tesla would. All those people who have, say, engineered or come into, say, fantastic possibilities or fantastic genius uh, qualities, they go through, say, the dark nights of the soul, right? It's a death of your old self. It's a death of being here. It's a death of time and space where you step into another consciousness and exist from there. And that's what I went through. Uh, this is where many of the concepts of what I now label exponential intelligence. Again, I didn't create exponential intelligence. What I teach is of, say, timeless knowledge. Uh, it'll be good. It was good a million years ago. It's good now. It's good a million years from now. None of the teachings that I've taught a decade ago has changed. It's gotten more refined. But again, it hasn't gone into a different path. Again, and it's just as good because it's timeless knowledge. So... Uh, and this is the culmination of what exponential intelligence is about today, right? How to be your best possible self or your limitless self in the shortest amount of time. That's what exponential intelligence is about. Uh, some of my abilities out of that near-death experience, and I want to describe the abilities not to impress you or anything. I know my abilities. I know they're accurate. I know they're very good. Again, I don't ha need to prove anything to anybody. I've had enough experience, enough like, research of my own through hundreds of thousands of people that I've worked on uh, that I know it works. Uh, again, I'm not here to prove anything, but I'm here to open up the possibilities of what you can do. Okay? Uh, 
because we all have these abilities. We're all the same. I just happen to say jump into the process or have that deep desire to really want to know and you know just go to the four corners of the earth or even beyond to really understand what human is about, right? Uh, and that's how bad I wanted it, and well, I did get it, and here I am. So some of my abilities uh, is that, uh, well, I can, I, I can read or analyze anybody, you name it, uh, health issues, uh, and by the way, I'm not a doctor, I don't claim to cure or anything like that, but uh, I can see what's going on, I can read your story, I can read your generational patterns, uh, I go deep down into, say, your DNA structure, what we call you know, epigenetics. The underlying reason of why your life is the way it is. Not only can I read and analyze it, I can edit and change it for you. Uh, the logistics on how I do, uh, not sure exactly, but it works for a ton of people. Uh, back in the day when I first had uh, was getting into my abilities, was that I, I would take maybe an hour, hour and a half to change somebody's you know lives, whatever it might be. But now. Uh, that can be done in, say, a matter of seconds for, for individuals. So it's not, it, it, again, this technology is not time-based. Uh, I can analyze you. Uh, I don't need to see a picture. I don't need to know your name. I do moss on Sundays where I analyze individuals and the people just go scan me. They don't even have to use their real name. So the science behind it, because there is a science. It's not woo-woo shit or anything like that. There's a logical science. Uh, and just briefly, it's like... Ha Everybody has a personal frequency signature that you resonate. Like, uh, and I'm a computer programmer by trade, by the way. That's what I used to do, uh, computer programmer by trade. Uh, very successful, uh, and I lost all that wealth because it, it was ill-defined, and now, obviously, recaptured it. Uh, recaptured, say, the vibrancy of youth, because, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not in time. Uh, I'm 60 uh, and still vibrant and healthier than ever before, inside and out. Uh, you know, relationships, you know, off the charts uh, with my kids, uh, you know, and everybody else, loved ones, uh, all those off the charts, uh, health, wealth, all those aspects, again, spherical abundance. Uh, coming back to my uh, abilities, um, well, I can analyze uh, anything or anybody. I don't need to know who you are. If you go, I have a friend uh, right there, I can read them or analyze them and tell you their life story. So, so that's how accurate it is. And, and again, you can challenge me if you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, many people do. Um, you can say it's bullshit if you want. Uh, that's fine too. But then look at your life and, and analyze your life. If you're not liking your life, well, then maybe there's something that you could look into uh, that could be more expansive for you instead of limiting yourself. Even if you're that scientist, it's like sometimes, you know, scientists go, well, prove it. Well, I'm not the scientist. You guys are. You should come up with solutions or ways to, say, understand my abilities. Okay? Simple as that. Rather than going, well, I don't believe it. You have to prove it. Uh, again, like I said, you're the scientist, so you have to figure that out. So, so when I talk about I can analyze anybody, it's not about hands-on healing or energy medicines or anything like that. It's way, way, way different because one, my abilities are not time-based. It comes from a timeless space. I, I don't channel or anything. I literally go into that timeless space. Um, and what I do there is not heal you or help you awaken to your 
potential at a physical level, but literally I change you or adapt you or shift you into say a higher level of consciousness. And as you see yourself from that higher level, well, that's where you tend to heal yourself or transform you. Thanks for joining. The episode you just listened to is encoded with frequencies of higher consciousness. It's normal if you begin to feel differently or confused. It's the process of change. For best results, observe and practice spatial referencing. Ask yourself, what if I could choose things differently? To learn more, subscribe to the Exponential Intelligence Podcast, sign up for the newsletter for exclusive information and offers, or join Maz on social media through the links in the show notes below.